I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson. We're going to shift our attention now to the Iran nuclear deal. Uh, and uh, what that actually means, of course, that was uh, originally uh, proposed and engineered under the Obama administration and uh, was abandoned, of course, by the Trump administration that followed, uh, who took a, a harder stance uh, on some of those sanctions, kind of a maximum pressure campaign, as as they outlined it. Uh, Israel's Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has signals that uh, he's opposed to any efforts to reduce restrictions on Iran. And, of course, we've had some skirmishes and scuffles over there as well. And uh, joining us to, to help us really understand where we are and what comes next, uh, really pleased to be joined today by University of Utah law professor uh, Amos Giora. And uh, he is a distinguished fellow at the Consortium for the Research and Study of the Holocaust and the Law at Chicago Kent College. Uh, of course, he's up there at the University of Utah. Uh, he's written uh, several books, including The, the Crime of Complicity, uh, which is uh, just a really powerful thing. But he also served uh, for 19 years in the Israel Defense Forces as a lieutenant colonel, uh, held a number of senior command positions, including a legal advisor to the Gaza Strip and commander of the IDF School of Military Law. And, uh, Professor, thanks so much for joining us today. Boy, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Uh, so this is a uh, just a very complicated part of the world. It's a very complicated issue. Uh, I actually want to start with a uh, – I'm going to play a quick uh, piece of sound uh, from uh, Prime Minister uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, and then I want you to kind of help us break down what this means and uh, kind of where we go from here. My policy as Prime Minister of Israel is clear. I will never allow Iran to obtain the nuclear capability to carry out its genocidal goal of eliminating Israel. And Israel will continue to defend itself against Iran's aggression and terrorism. So, Professor, I know you uh, don't always agree with uh, Mr. Netanyahu, uh, but uh, tell us, what does this all mean and how should we think about this? Well, first of all, I think the only thing that Netanyahu and I would agree on is that today's Friday. That's probably the end of our <laughs> worries. <laughs> and every other thing, we're going to disagree. Um from Netanyahu, so, you know, from Netanyahu's perspective, let's begin with that, he really is locked in on making every effort to ensure that Iran doesn't become a nuclear power. Mm-hmm. And he's been very open about that. 
he was um, in vehement opposition to Obama's uh, Iranian plan, the deal. He was very much in support of President Trump's disengagement from the Iranian deal. And the events of the past week where there was some kind of an attack in the Iranian plant, the same week that President Biden has begun speaking about re-engaging with Iran, you know, in the complicated world of geopolitics, nothing happens by happenstance. Right. And I think there's no doubt that Netanyahu was sending a clear message to President Biden. I need to add that there's pretty significant criticism in Israel of Netanyahu's uh, decision to leak uh, the attack. But I need to also explain to you and to the listeners that that's also not by chance. Because Netanyahu, we had elections three weeks ago, and he's trying to form a government. And so by leaking this, it serves his domestic political purposes, in addition to sending a clear message to President Biden. Yeah, it, uh, I'm so glad you raised uh, those points because they're, they're especially as it relates to the international and uh, foreign relations thing. There, there are no accidents. There are no subtle messages. There are just lots of messages uh, sent, and I, I really appreciate that you pointed those out because it's easy to sit back uh, here and say, okay, well, you know, we're we're kind of status quo moving along. Uh, you you still live part time uh, in Israel, and of course, uh, spent years there, and we're we're part of the military. Give us a sense of kind of. On the ground, what's the what's the average citizen in Israel uh, thinking as it relates to Iran and to where this goes uh, moving forward, especially with Netanyahu trying to form a government, a coalition government? So I think that if you were even to ask people of my political ilk, which I don't hide, I'm you know, from the, the left in Israel, even I would tell you that Netanyahu's handling of the Iran situation is effective. I will then deny having said that to you. Um, <laughs> Nobody's listening, just a few of our friends. <laughs> I think that most of us in Israel wake up in the morning and don't think about Iran at all. Mm. It's in many ways it's Netanyahu who pushes it, A, for his political purposes, which, you know, politicians, um, that's what politicians do. But he really does, I think he genuinely believes that Iran poses a threat to Israel. I think he, I think he means that. Yeah. Um, I am, am not convinced, but I understand that that's a legitimate disagreement. Um, but I really don't think that most of us in Israel wake up in the morning and say, oh, what did Iran do today? Um, I think that most of us understand the legitimacy of these very, very specific and very targeted attacks against um the Iranian nuclear industry, and I think that it's done in a really smart and sophisticated manner. And I need to add one other point, that from the Iranian perspective, I think that one of the reasons that it must be so discomforting to them is that it's clear that without insiders, it would be very difficult to do this, and that one of the things that really unnerves regimes, particularly a regime like Iran, is to think that there are Iranians collaborating, if that's the word, um, with Israel. And I would think for a regime like Iran, that would be particularly unsettling. Yeah. Wow. Fascinating insight. Uh, University of Utah law professor uh, Amos Giora uh, joining us today. And we're going to have you back. I want to continue this conversation. I really appreciate your perspective on this and the way you approach it, that uh, there are areas of agreement and disagreement. And uh, we can talk about all of those. It's how we talk about them and 
This is a complicated part of the world, and we, we love your insight on this. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. All right. Uh, again, uh, that's uh, Professor Amos Giara from uh, the University of Utah, and uh, I just love his perspective. I love that he can say, yeah, I disagree with uh, Benjamin Netanyahu on everything except for Friday. <laughs> we know what day it is today, uh, and and this one particular component, and that's all right. Uh, it's one of the things we have to get to. We, we have to be uh, willing to have conversations about areas of agreement, and we got to get comfortable having conversations about areas of disagreement. And as it relates to a very complicated part of the world, uh, we can do that and do that better. Uh, in fact, what we're going to do next, we're going to have our good friend Miles Hansen, CEO of World Trade Center Utah. He spoke to us earlier this week about the withdrawal of troops from Afghanistan. And we're going to talk a little bit more about the people of Afghanistan. Who are they? And what has he learned from them? Stay tuned here on KSL News Radio. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.